So how's everybody doing here tonight? Amen. Let's exalt the Lord one more time here tonight, huh? Come on. Give him some praise here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to you, Father. We praise you here tonight. So the title of my message tonight is uh, Freedom in Christ. All right? And before we get started, I want to say a little prayer here. So, Heavenly Father, we just we thank you for this time here tonight, Lord God. We thank you that you gave us this day, Lord, that we could enter into this building here tonight and we could worship you freely. Lord, that we could come out of our houses and head to a church, Lord God, because we have those freedoms, we have those rights. Lord, and I just ask that you would be here with us here tonight as we continue on. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and our ears to the word that you have for us here tonight, Lord Jesus. And we give you all the glory and all the honor. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. So the, uh, the verse I have for tonight is found in Galatians 5.1. See it up on the screen there. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. So how was everyone's holiday? Everybody had a good time yesterday? Yeah, celebrating 4th of July, celebrating our Independence Day, our 247th birthday as a nation. Amen? Amen? So, so what were we commemorating yesterday? Anybody know? Our independence, right? And, and what else? The signing of what? Anybody know what that was? The Declaration of Independence. Amen. I told you I was going to have some goodies here for everybody tonight. So this is the Declaration of Independence, amen? Now, now don't get worried here, this isn't the actual one. I didn't steal this out of the National Archives Rotunda or anything. This is a replica of the Declaration of Independence. And I'd like to read a few things for you here. So starting at the top, it says, The unanimous Declaration of the 13 United States of America... When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. And in paragraph two, it's, it's the most famous of this declaration says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal amen that they are endowed by their creator amen again with certain unalienable rights that among these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights governments are instituted among men deriving their powers from the consent of the governed that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute a new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Amen? So, so I couldn't really read off of this because, like I said, it is an actual replica, and uh, it's a little small here, but this, this is the representation of the actual declaration that was signed back in 1776. Amen? So I'm, I'm going to set this down here for a second. So we should recognize, you know, that freedom is never free, right? Throughout the history of our country, men and women were called to serve, to lay down their lives in some instances, to make a great sacrifice just for us, just so that we could have these freedoms, so we could enjoy liberty and the pursuit of happiness like we just read in that paragraph. 
you know, freedom for us to live out our faith, right? Amen? Freedom to worship God like we are here tonight. Freedom to pray in public, right? And freedom of speech, amen? With every challenge America's faced, we have risen to defend this great nation. Now again, we find ourselves at a crossroads again. In our nation's history, we find ourselves at a crossroads of determining the direction of our country, of our future, and our role as Christians and Christianity in this nation. John Hancock, the president of the Congress, when this Declaration of Independence was drafted and signed, said, Resistance to tyranny becomes the Christian and social duty of each individual. Continue steadfast and with a proper sense of your dependence on God. Nobly defend those rights which heaven gave and no man ought to take from us. Sounds a bit like that second portion of our verse for tonight, right? That main text, therefore keep standing firm, continue steadfast. So this document here, this document is a symbol of freedom, right? Symbol of liberty over tyranny. 56 signers stood for that. Let me tell you, though, there's a better symbol. There's a greater symbol for victory, amen? We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Patrick Henry voiced, give me liberty or give me death. In his speech at the Virginia Convention at the start of the Revolutionary War, one year before this document here was drafted and signed and adopted. So like I said, we have a greater symbol. As Christians, as believers in Christ, that great symbol of freedom is the cross. Amen. Come on, let me hear an amen for that. Come on. Amen. The cross, the cross means so much more than just freedom, right? So much more than just victory, right? It means redemption. It means resurrection, restoration, salvation, new life. Amen? Thomas Jefferson said, God, who gave us life, gave us liberty. Can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that these liberties are the gift of God? When we have removed a conviction that these liberties are the gift of God? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. I'd like to read the last paragraph of this declaration. It's, it's the only operative paragraph in this document. They say, we therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world. It's capitalized there, too. Supreme judge of the world. For the rectitude of our intentions do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these United States colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states. That they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which dependent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. Another capital right there. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. So God is described here as our supreme judge. 
of the world, right? Meaning that he will hold all men accountable for all of their actions. Even with the signing of this declaration, these men understood they were willing to stand before his throne and accept his judgment for all of their actions, for these actions of the signing. They believed what they were doing was right in the eyes of God. Less than one month after signing the declaration, excuse me, Samuel Adams said, There are instances of, I would say, an almost astonishing providence in our favor. Our success has staggered our enemies and almost given faith to infidels. So we may truly say it is not our own arm which has saved us. Amen. We hear this word providence. We heard it in the paragraph earlier and now we hear it again. The divine providence with a firm reliance on the protection of that divine providence. We hear it in Adam's quote. So what does divine providence mean? It means under God's sovereign guidance and control. You see, they knew that without Christ, they could do nothing. In the midst of declaring their independence from England, they were declaring their dependence on God. Isaiah 41, 10 and 13 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Verse 13, for I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, for I will help you. Now, that's a big thing we need to remember daily, that you know, God is always with us, right? He, we read in Scripture, he will never leave us nor forsake us, amen? You know, we sang beautiful songs here earlier in the worship team, amen? Um, you know, there's, there's something we need to declare every day when we wake up in the morning. We, we need to declare that, Lord, I need you. You know, we can raise our right hand and know that he grabs our right hand with his righteous right hand, amen? And he tells us he is with us no matter what. You know, there's, there's a song that uh, Matt Mayer sings. Um, it's, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. That should be our prayer every day. I mean, I sing that to the Lord. I pray that to the Lord. And, you know, it's funny how the Lord reminds you of your prayers sometimes. Amen? He reminds you what you ask. He reminds you what you're, what you're seeking. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, my grandfather passed away, and it, it really caught me off guard. I, got, I just got back from a ministry event, and I was at church, and I got the call that he had passed. Um, amen? He had, a, he had a blessed long life. He was almost 92. He missed his birthday by a couple weeks. Um, but we, I was heading to the, uh, the crematory uh, to just see his body for one last time. And I was struggling. I was, I was having a hard time even just trying to get out of that car, you know, because, I mean, I, I know that his spirit isn't there any longer, but, you know, just to see him one last time, it was, it was, it was tough. And as I pulled into that parking lot, Lord knew. And what happened? Lord, I need you, came on the radio. And I just sat in that car. I, I held my hand up, and I found the courage. I found the strength to open the door to walk into that room. And, you know, we need to remember that we can do that, you know, that he's always with us, that we can call out to him no matter what. Whenever we need him, he's there. That's the freedom we have in Christ. Because he died on the cross for us, he gave us the right to talk to our Father directly. 
No intermediaries. We don't need to go to a priest. You know, we don't need to go to anyone. We can go straight to God no matter what. Amen? So, so we're going we're gonna to move on now. I want you to do me a favor. If you could take out your wallet or your change purse, if anybody's got a change purse. Now, this isn't a robbery. I'm not trying to take your money. I mean, in this, we're not asking for another offering or anything, but if you'd like to, we can get the ushers back up here. They could, they could pass those around again. We could get a little more. Uh, but no, that's not what we're doing here tonight. But in all seriousness, if you could open your wallets or your change purse and take out some of your money. I know, I know, uh, you know, we're living in a cashless society and many people just had plastic or they just got their phone to tap, but let's, let's take a look at our currency. You know, better yet, can I get some volunteers here? Come on, anybody, anybody want to come up front? Any volunteers? Oh, come on. Nobody? Nobody wants to come up here? I'm not going to take your money. Come on, I need six volunteers. Who's, who's brave enough to step up here? You're brave enough, right? Come on. Come on, step up here. There's one for you. Anybody else? Who's coming? Who's coming? Amen. Here's another one. Here we go. Here we go. I need two more. Who else is coming up? I need two more people. Two more. Come on. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Here we go. Here we go. All right, so, so we, sit, we got it on the screen already, but the, what does it say on the back of every bill? In God we trust, amen. And I got some coins here too. I'm not going to ask for any more volunteers, but on the front of every coin with the face of the presidents, it says, in God we trust. They also say liberty. The U.S. coin had the inscription of in God we trust since the Civil War. Amen. Now, these bills that these uh, men and women are holding here on July 30th, 1956, an act of Congress approved by President Eisenhower declared that the phrase, in God we trust, is the official national motto of the United States of America. Amen. In God we trust. Amen. Let's give praise for that. Let's give praise to all these people, too, that volunteered up here, and that's yours. You can keep it. Go back to your seat. So those that volunteered, you know, no, go ahead, it's yours. Go ahead, sit down. Yes, didn't matter which one, but hey, you know, first to last, the first volunteer got the biggest. You know, maybe that's, you know, that's not scriptural there, but hey, the first one got the most, the last one got the least. Maybe I should have flipped that, right? First is last, last is first, but amen. So that's your blessing to you. If you want to put that, like I said, back in your tithing offering, that's up to you. Whatever you want to do with you, you and buy me some ice cream later, hey, amen to that too. So, um, but yeah, so in... 1956, In God We Trust. Amen. One year later, that motto appeared in its circulation. So 1957, October to be exact. Uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, our 34th president, wrote, Freedom has its life in the hearts, the actions, the spirit of men, and so it must be daily earned and refreshed. Else like a flower cut from its life-giving roots, it will wither and die. Daily earned and refreshed. What does that remind you, huh? As believers, in order to have a relationship with God and also stay in that right mindset, you know, we need to spend time with him. We need to spend time in his word to daily refresh ourselves, right? Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. 
We need to do just as the currency tells us. We need to trust in God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on on your own understanding. Right? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. We're reminded in Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. So is there a difference between faith and trust? Is there a difference? Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Right? Faith is defined as a belief and trust and a loyalty to God. Trust is defined as a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, ability, or strength to have confidence in. Trust in God is a core aspect of biblical faith. Here we see that faith and trust are synonymous. They have a similar meaning. And if you go back to the original Greek of the New Testament, faith has three translations. And each meaning, each variation, is the word trust. Psalm 9.10 And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. You know, we talked a little bit ago about the tithing and gave you guys, gave some of you lucky folks some money there. I just I find it interesting as Americans, as Christians, you know, as we're, we're called to tithe our 10%, our first fruits, you know, to have faith, to trust in him that when we put that money in the offering plate, when we sow that seed, if you flipped it around, it says, in God we trust. Right? It's a reassurance to have faith. Trust in God as you sow that seed. Trust in God as you give that donation, right? as you give that offering, as you give your first fruits, as you give your tithe. We can read about tithing all the way back to Abram in Genesis 14. That's around the 19th century B.C. And here we see that in the 20th century A.D., that principle was applied to our nations. So how do we as a nation founded on biblical values and principles get to where we're at today. You know, what can we do about it? Because you know, things are getting a little crazy, right? Things are getting a little out there. So, so what can we do about it as a nation? You know, how did we get to this place? You know, Pastor Troy spoke about it a little while ago. It, it was by a spirit of Baal. Spirit of Jezebel, spirit of Molech, right? I'll touch about that here in a minute. But we need to go back to that original verse for tonight. Galatians 5.1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Keep standing firm. Now, this slavery or bondage that they're speaking about there in that verse, it's, it's not always, it's not talking about going back to our original sin, going back to the sins that we've committed. Um, it's, it's talking about also not allowing our freedoms and our liberties as believers to be stripped away you know, by those who don't serve the same God as we do, right? Our founding fathers, as I said before, these 56 signers stood their ground knowing that in doing so, if they lost the war, 
they would have been hanged, beheaded, or even drawn and quartered for high treason. But they had faith. They trusted in God. And they picked up that pen and they signed. And because of that, because of their willingness to fight, we received our freedom. Amen. Five signers were captured by the British, brutally tortured for being traitors. Nine fought in the Revolutionary War and died. Two lost their sons in the war, and two others had sons captured, and at least a dozen of the 56 had their homes pillaged and burned. But they stood for freedom. They stood in belief of their creator. If you guys have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to the New Testament here. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to read a little something here. Matthew chapter 10, starting at verse 18. It says, You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. Verse 20, For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Amen. Verse 21, Now brother will deliver a brother to death and father his child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Now just as many of these freedom fighters were persecuted for their belief, we as Christians are going to suffer the like. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Jesus reminds us also, In him we will have peace. He says, in the world you will have tribulation. Now you caught that, right? He said have. He doesn't say you might or you could, but you will. You will have tribulation. There's going to be some trouble, some suffering. But Jesus goes on to say, take courage, for I have overcome the world. So now, this is kind of a little history lesson if you you guys like history. So back in the 1600s, the nation was settled. It wasn't, you know, the United States of America yet, but North America was settled in the early 1600s to gain liberty to worship God. They wanted to worship their God freely. So they left and came here. Our nation was founded on biblical truths and belief that God is our creator. And over 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to give us liberty and freedom through his death and resurrection, amen? To make a way for us to commune with the Father, as we were talking about a little bit ago. But what happened? What happened? I mentioned the three stooges earlier, right? You know, the three evil spirits, Baal, Molech, Jezebel. That's what happened. They infiltrated, you know? They got into our nation. They got into our our people. And the world's trying to strip our rights, trying to blur the line, you know, trying to change the truth little by little. Here's a couple facts for you. In the early 1960s, the Bible and prayer were removed from our schools. Later, the Pledge of Allegiance was banned in some states because of the declaration, one nation under God. What we were founded on, What's right here in the Declaration of Independence? One nation under God. We believed in God our Creator. Then the teaching of the Ten Commandments removed as well. 
Now public schools are teaching sin upon sin upon sin to our children. As early as kindergarten. Come on. As early as kindergarten. All in the name of equality, of choice. This month is supposed to commemorate our founding as a nation, right? Our freedom as a nation. But it's called the Freedom Month because they're trying to promote the Pride Month. They're stripping it away, the truths that we were founded on. We just celebrated Fourth of July yesterday, but this month we're we're celebrating Pride. This is the Freedom Month. Now, I get it, you know... We're called as Christians to love everyone, to love one another, but that doesn't mean we need to love the sin. We don't, we don't need to accept the sin, but the sinner. Amen? I don't know. I mean, I'm a patriot. I'm, I'm going to tell you flat out, if you didn't guess it already, I am a patriot. <laughs> I'm wearing We the People shirt here, right? But, but first and foremost, I am a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm a born-again believer, Amen? who's received the ultimate blood transfusion through Jesus Christ. You know, his blood has washed me, has cleansed me, has cleansed each one of you in this room, amen? So I need to stand up for my freedom in Christ. We need to stand up for our freedoms in Christ, amen? Our obedience is to God. Our allegiance to Jesus takes precedence over our country, over our governments. We need to stand for him and for him alone, Amen? 1 Corinthians 16.13 tells us to be on the alert, to stand firm in the faith, in the freedom that Christ has paid for. Now, uh, I want to talk to you briefly about this pastor. His name was John Muhlenberg, and he pe- preached a sermon back in 1775, so about six, eight months before the Declaration of Independence was signed. And he preached uh, Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And when he concluded his message, he declared, there is a time to preach and a time to fight, and now is the time to fight. Then he threw off his robes to reveal his Revolutionary Army uniform, and he handed it in battle. We don't need to take off our robe. We don't need to take off what we're wearing right now to head into battle. We're, we should be as Christians covered in the armor of God, battle ready 24-7, right? 365, amen? But we need to do that daily. We need to refresh our minds, right? We need to daily refresh just as we read earlier. We need to bring back the rights for our children to bring the Bible into the schools. Right? We need to bring back prayer. We need to put the one nation under God back in the Pledge of Allegiance as it started, as it originated, amen? But we can't just do it with words. You know, we can't just say, oh, yeah, we want to put it back in. We can't just say, in God we trust. We need to mean it. We need to mean we are one nation under God. We need to declare that in God we trust, amen? We need to teach the Ten Commandments again. That used to be taught in public school. Everyone in public school learned the Ten Commandments. Just think about where we would be right now if they were still teaching the Ten Commandments in school. Just hit one of them. Thou shalt not steal. How about that one? You know, how many more of our children wouldn't have gone to jail you know, for that one thing? Just teaching the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not covet. I mean, we just keep going on. How much better everyone would be. But they took it out because of those three stooges 
getting in our minds because so many Americans, so many people in this world are not getting the right mindset by refreshing themselves daily in God's word. And especially here in this great nation that we just celebrated 247 years, we can walk around with this Bible freely. You know, we, we could park our car, grab a Bible, and walk into a building and worship our Lord and Savior. Where in other nations, man, if they stepped out of the car with a Bible, more than likely you could have been shot. All right? You could have been captured, tortured. But we can do it freely. How many of us take that for granted? You know, we wear our Christian shirts. Brother, you got one on back there. Man, have you wore that overseas? Woo! Look out, brother. That's just a bullseye on you. Right? And I'm talking about a real bullseye. I'm not talking about that target junk that's going on. All right? But we take it for granted. Here's, here's one that might, might, might sting a little bit for some of the people out there. Some people watching online, maybe. We need to take back the rainbow. I'm serious. We need to take back the rainbow. The rainbow was a symbol of what? The covenant of God, right? The covenant of God with his people, with man. All right, now, now granted, our rainbow, the one that God created, has seven colors. All right, the one that the, the world and the spirits of the world created only has six. All right, so it's a phony. It's a false rainbow anyways. But we need to take back the real rainbow and claim it for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? For our Heavenly Father, the creator of the, wor- the world, the universe. And we need to remember those covenants. Not just that one, but all the ones that we read about in Scripture. Right? All the covenants God has made with man. Right in here. As we daily refresh our minds. As we daily get into his word. Like I said, it's... It's free for us. You, know? you can go to a bookstore and buy a Bible. You can put the Bible on your phone. You don't have to worry about the government restricting what you can download, what you can read. Here in the United States of America, you can download the Bible app and you can read it 24-7. So what's holding people back? What's stopping them? Right? Convenience, comfort, what they think is false freedom. Now, now, praise God, the Supreme Court's been making some strides. You know, some of their rulings, some of their overturnings, it's been, it's been scriptural, right? It's coming back to the roots, to the foundation. But there's still a lot of work to be done. I mean, you know, the, the battle's just begun. And we need to be battle ready. We need to be jumping into the fight. We can't just sit quietly any longer. I mean, what would Jesus do? Would you, would you, we could bring back the WWJD. I mean, Pastor Lou was talking about that a couple weeks ago. Why don't we bring that back? What would Jesus do? You think he'd sit idly by? You know, or think he'd walk into the temple and he'd flip some tables over? Huh? Maybe we need to flip some tables over. I'm just saying. You know, each person's different, you know, but you need to guide yourself through the Holy Spirit. The convictions that he places upon you. You know, the convictions of your heart. And the thing is, you need to act when you feel the calling of the Lord, when you feel the unction of the Spirit to, to speak up, to stand up, right? You can't just put them in your pocket, you know, and just take them out when you come to church on a Sunday or take them out when you come to church on a Wednesday night. You need to take them with you everywhere. We just, we just read, right? He will hold your hand. He will hold your right hand with his righteous right hand. So what do you got to fear, right? Amen. Come on. I'm pumping myself up here. What about you guys? Come on, what do you have to fear? Seriously. I mean, we know what happens in the end, right? I mean, 
we can go into the battle. I mean, these, these 56 individuals that signed this, that revolutionary war that started, they didn't know they were going to win, right? I just told you what could have happened to them. We've read in, in Matthew now what could happen to us, but we know the end result, right? Victory, come on, the battle's won. The war is over. Jesus Christ wins. God reigns. Amen? And we need to walk in that freedom and that belief, that freedom in Christ. Sometimes we need to just run towards that battle if need be, right? So why not? Let's do it. Let's speak up for our Lord and Savior. You know, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our families. Now, that's a tough one there. I'm going to tell you right now, I struggle with that one. I'm going to be honest with you, you know, since we're brothers and sisters in Christ, I struggle with that one because, you know, I was, I was raised Christian, you know, and I love my family. I love my parents. You know, they've, they taught me great morals. They supported, you know, they fed me, they clothed me, they sent me off to school, you know, but to be honest with you, somewhere along the way, what we see in our world happen, you know, they got lost. I remember when I was little, you know, 10 years old, we prayed before we ate dinner. And somewhere in middle school time, we stopped praying. And we never thanked God for the food at the table any longer. My dad stopped you know, going to church that much. He, he ended up being just a CEO, Christmas and Easter only. Because you know, sports were more important. Golf was more important to go on a Sunday morning. You know, now... Like I said, I, I received that blood transfusion. I was born again. Now I'm like the black sheep. You know, cause maybe it's conviction. I don't know. Maybe it's because I make, make them feel uncomfortable when I'm around. But, you know, we just went to a 4th of July picnic yesterday. Whew. Tell you what. Like I said, if you're watching, I love you. Trust me, I love you. Come on, man. Like, kids are around. I mean, some of this stuff, you know, there's the comfort. It's the comfort of the world, the, the loss of morals. You know, they, they, don't care. they don't even think about it anymore. They do it because it's just normal. But some of the things that people do, some of the pe- things that people take, you know, they ingest, they smoke, whatever the case may be, and just the things that they say. With little kids around, like, come on. Seriously. But here's a testimony. What did I do for most of it? Come on, kids, we'll just we'll hang out over here. You know, we'll we'll set up our little Christian table over here and here's the food and we'll we'll pray over our meal. In Jesus' name, amen. You know? I felt convicted, I'm gonna tell you. And I, I asked the Lord, you know, because I was dreading going to this party. I really was, to be honest with you. Because I know what happens. It happens every time. And I just asked the Lord, why do I feel maybe this bitterness? You know, why do I feel this inside? Why do I feel this discomfort? It's because I don't stand up. Because I don't voice my beliefs. Yeah, I wear them on my sleeve. I... They know I'm a Christian, you know, my, my father calls me preacher man, you know, the, some of the times they do wait for us to come to a party before they eat so I can pray, 
Amen. That, that's a win for the Lord. I'm checking that one off as a win. But, but I kept quiet. My uncle says something offensive with my children being around. I should have stood up. Hey, man, watch your mouth. You know, little kids here, show some respect. Someone says something and takes the Lord's name in vain. Hey, that is my Lord and Savior. I'm offended by that. I would appreciate it if you didn't say that again. Whew, that was easy to say right now in front of you brothers and sisters. But man, how, can I, how, come, you know, I, how come we can't do that when we're with our family? When they take the Lord's name in vain. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. What is good, perfect, and acceptable. Our 34th president, President Eisenhower, said also, Without God, there could be no America, no American form of government nor an American way of life. Recognition of the supreme being is the first and the most basic expression of Americanism. I'm going to read that one again. I like that. Recognition of the supreme being is the first, the most basic expression of Americanism. Thus the founding fathers of America saw it, and thus with God's help it will continue to be. Now let's hold on to that belief right there. And thus with God's help it will continue to be. Amen. And John Adams said, suppose a nation is some distant region should take the Bible for their only law book and every member should regulate his conduct by the precepts exhibited here. Every member would be obliged in conscience, in temperance, frugality and industry to justice, kindness and charity towards his fellow man to piety, love and reverence toward the almighty God. What a utopia, what a paradise would this region be? Just let that marinate in there for a little bit. Now, as I begin to close here, if we, if just like it said, if we just took this and we lived by everything that was in here, if we got our nation to come back to this, right? If we got our nation to come back to in God we trust, one nation under God. What would the United States of America look like today? Huh? Different, exactly. Right? It looked like the OG of the United States of America, wouldn't it? Back to the original, the beginning, where everybody went to church on a Sunday, where stores were not open on Sundays anymore, right? I, was, I think it was last year. It might have been the year before that. Jeremiah, maybe you know, but... When did football start at 10 o'clock in the morning? Now, I remember noon, 1 o'clock games, but I, I, it was a Vikings game, I think, coming on, and it was 10 a.m. Sunday morning. What time does most churches start on a Sunday morning? 10 a.m. Why do you think that is? Huh? Why do you think football starts at 10 a.m. now? Now, I love football. Why do you think it starts at 10 a.m. now on a Sunday morning? To get more of us men in particular to not go to church with our wives or with our children, right? To get us, ah, oh, you go to church. Man, the Browns are playing today, and I think they might win. So I'm going to stay home. 
Come on. Seriously. Come on, you don't, you don't. How many people in this room would stay home to watch the Browns win at 10 a.m. instead of coming to church to worship our Lord and Savior? There's no judgment in this room. When you walk out of there, it's a different story. But in here, there's no judgment. So anybody? Anybody stay home? See the Browns win at 10 a.m.? You know, if you're lucky, maybe the church would even play it, you know? Maybe everybody would gather, you know, after church and there'd be some free food just to watch the game, to catch up on what you missed. You probably didn't miss much, but... Little by little by little, bit by bit, taken away. Taken away our freedoms, our faith. Oh, like 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. I'm still, still caught by that one. You know? You know, I, th- I think it's 93%. I think the percentage is if, if the husband, if the father comes to faith, the whole family does. Now, they're attacking our youth. Trust me, they are attacking our youth. But man... If they can get the man, if you can get the father, they can get the whole family. Now, praise the Lord that I'm here today and that my family is all here with me. Amen. I have, I have three little boys that love the Lord. My middle one, they call Pastor Dom already. My, my littlest one, I showed Pastor Troy a picture the other day. I came home from work and his arms were all drawn up. He had a Sharpie marker. He just wrote all over his arms, had crosses on them. Look, Jesus died on the cross. I'm like, oh, that's good. He's like, look, I'm Pastor Troy. Man, if, if that's who my son, you know, wants to aspire to be, praise God. That he wants to look like a pastor. That he wants to be a pastor. Amen. So, so praise the Lord that, that I'm here and that each one of you is here today. But my question for you today is, what are you going to do when you go out those doors? Are you going to stand? you stand for him? You take up your cross daily and follow him. You stop keeping quiet. Start standing for your wife, standing for your children. More importantly, standing for your God, for Jesus Christ, your Savior. And remember the freedom that you have in Christ. When you wake up in the morning, you can go down to your knees and you can worship you can pray to your heavenly father because he paid the price Jesus paid that price to make that way for you Acts 13 verses 38 and 39 says therefore my friends I want you to know that through Jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you through him everyone who believes is set free from every sin a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. You know, Jesus said he came to fulfill the law, right? He came for you and for me to wash away our sins for that freedom that we have. Everyone stand with me as we close here. just bow our heads and extend our arms here for for a minute you know as we read in that verse in Acts here as we wrap things up 
It says, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And we proclaim that here tonight. You know, if you've been walking around in bondage and chains, there's a chain breaker that paid it all for you. And if you didn't catch it yet, his name is Jesus. So if you're here tonight or you're watching online and you want to see that, you want to feel that freedom in Christ, if you want to experience those fireworks that only He can give you, I want you to just pray this prayer with me and with us Christians as we're praying. Heavenly Father, we just come before you here tonight and we say, Lord, I need you. Oh, Lord, I need you every hour and every day, Lord God. And I accept you, Lord. I surrender my life to you here tonight. I declare you are my Lord and Savior. I thank you, Lord, for dying on that cross, for shedding your blood for me that washes me whiter than snow. Just as I celebrated the 247th birthday of our nation yesterday, Lord, I celebrate my new birth today in you, for I'm a new creation, as your word tells me. And Lord, I pray that you would just take this life as you restore it, Lord, and you would use it to change the world all for your glory. Amen. So if you're here tonight and you pray that prayer with us, I just want you to let us know. You know, share it with one of the prayer partners that's going to come up. Send us a message online, Facebook. Hit us up at the church on Sunday. Let's, if you're here tonight, you did. Let's celebrate with you right now. I mean, come on, let's throw, blow some fireworks off outside. Because man, there was a party going on in heaven with the best fireworks you've ever seen. Amen. So, like I said, I'd like the prayer partners to come up. You know, if, if there's some uh, some things going on in your life that you just need to, that reassurance of freedom for. Jesus died for. I want you to pray with one of these individuals. You know, but with the message tonight and the, you know, the events that took place yesterday, if you just want to come up, stand arm in arm with one of these prayer partners, you're going to pray for our nation. Pray for things that are going on right now or you know, your kids are going back to school in the fall and you want to pray for that hedge of protection over them or the situation that's going to you know, present itself when they go back to school or maybe you're, you're praying for pub, you know, to not go to public school anymore, that you want your children to go to private school. Well, Jesus can make a way for that too. Man, a couple people just came up here and got free money just for showing up to church. I mean, if he can give you a dollar to a hundred dollars tonight, he can do a lot more than that if you ask him. But all you have to do is ask you got to step out in faith and say, in God I trust, right? So I encourage you to come this way before you go that way. And I look forward to each one of you walking into church freely on Sunday morning for the freedoms that these 56 signers and so many that, so many that have served our great nation fought and died for. And ultimately for that, our Lord and Savior who died for each one of us, whether we know it whether we believe it or not. He died for each individual on this world. And some of us, maybe that's hard for you to believe. Like, he died for that dude too? Yes, he died for that dude too. All right? So I thank you for listening to me tonight. I pray that you were encouraged, that you were strengthened, that you 
rise up, that you don't keep quiet, that you stand firm in the faith. I look forward, like I said, to seeing you guys back on Sunday morning. Live right, love everybody, pray hard. Amen. Thank you.